Hey, you there. Come on over, have a seat. Pull up a chair and grab a cushion. Get yourself a drink. Bar's open. Sit by the fire, get warm. Let me tell you a story. A tale of love and loss. Violence and vengeance. Of suffering and sacrifice. A tale as old as time itself. Now, depending on who you are, you might have been there at the start of it all, observing, connecting the dots. Or maybe you're new here, trying to figure out what's going on, who the pieces are in this massive game board, and what moves the players have made. I can help with that. So sit back, relax, and let me catch you up with how we got here. Our tale starts in November of 2018, with an unassuming man, his family, and their babysitter heading to a quaint cabin vacation in the Ocala National Forest in Florida. Leonard Johnson and his hired babysitter, Vladimir Vivaldi, stumble headfirst into a mystery that reunites them with an old, forgotten acquaintance, the mysterious mining conglomerate known as Applied Materials. An occult-infused doorway hides a laboratory owned by the conglomerate in the presence of a man in a glass tube. The discovery prompts the enigmatic Orpheus organization to intervene. Resources around the world mobilized in an operation spanning the globe. One such investigation gains its wings a week after the revelations in Florida. Jahiro Omoi, a Japanese-American private eye, Adam Clearwater, a washed-up priest, and Rodney Anton, the mascot performer gone wrong, emerge blinking from the waters of deep cover and into a corporate espionage operation, looking into the dirty deeds of a tech startup in Johannesburg called Hexadyne Industries. Together, the trio uncover a web of money that connects several companies to one source, applied materials. However, their escape is impeded by a lockdown of the building, and they only survive through sheer grit and the assistance of an unlikely conspirator. Using this knowledge, Orpheus sets into motion a global intelligence gathering operation. Halfway around the world, a trio of Orpheus investigators tend to a mysterious ocean in the South China Sea. Dylan Jameson, a pirate radio DJ, Jesse Layla, a homesick werewolf, and Adrian Newman, an equally homesick vampire, are sent to investigate reports of a ghost ship drifting off the coast of Hashima Island, an abandoned Japanese mining town. They found that the ship used to be holding something, but it broke out and vanished. The crew went missing, and, through thorough investigation, found that the trail of breadcrumbs led to the island itself. At roughly the same time, three agents set to work checking out a mass media conglomerate headquartered in Los Angeles, California. Caspian Smith III, a medium and Scientologist of many years, teamed up with out-of-towners Lucy Mercury, a university dropout and budding occultist, and Oscar Wint, ex-butcher and cannibal, in their investigation of stark contrast media. What they found was a server farm beneath their building, but the servers were human brains. Destroying the facility brought the trio some time, but Lucy was called away for a different matter. Simultaneously, two researchers and a glorified Indiana Jones clone arrive in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Their mission? To find ancient ruins hidden in the Amazon rainforest, their whereabouts uncovered only by the careful study of the pictographs found at the cabin doorway. Leonard discovered. James Castillo, a Mesoamerican language and cultural expert, Oro Eldridge, archaeologist and werewolf, and Robbie, a plant epigeneticist, along with the Orpheus security team, King Kim, make the trek into the unknown wilds of South America's largest rainforest. 
but find ourselves in hot pursuit by black-clad paramilitaries intent on beating them to the punch. They manage to escape, however. Losses are taken, and their route is towards an uncertain destination. On the other side of the world, three European Air Force agents set forth to investigate a mine owned by an applied material subsidiary. Erika Lindstrom, psychic medium who unfortunately found a career in IT, Sashi Kush, mostly amnesiac vampire, and Mara Vanilla, a pint-sized telekinetic powerhouse, take up the mantle of undercover agents. As they perform a safety inspection of the highly kind of mining company's raw metal mine on the lab in Finland, what they uncover paints a startling picture with little context. Miners are harvesting a strange black mineral that Erki later finds is the crystallized blood of a dead god. Finally, three soldiers ride a fishing trawler out into the Pacific Ocean just off the coast of Seattle. Their destination, a clandestine oil ring in international waters owned by a genetics foundation called Genic. Toby Bork and Garrett Hardy, both Iraq War veterans, team up with the affable Tennessee, one of their Orpheus handlers, in a secret raid on the facility to gain as much intelligence as possible before scuttling the rig. The pair barely escape with their lives, thanks to Tennessee's valiant sacrifice and the help of a mysterious black clad and gas masked stranger. Now, bear with me, you might notice that there's a whole lot of story going on with little conclusion, but we're getting to it. There's just a few more points to go over before we get into what our intrepid investigators are doing at this moment. In the small town of Beaver, Utah, two police officers investigate a murder-suicide with seemingly inscrutable circumstances. Annie Sullivan and Sonia Gibson dig deeper into the case and find a connection to the ongoing investigation of applied materials sending on what they know to the lead investigators before returning to their day jobs. And, in the skies above Russia, a violent hijacking occurs aboard Cathay Pacific Flight 152. Two of duty Orpheus agents, Axel Enderberg and Elias Medusos, intervene and manage to overpower the hijackers, but fail to prevent the plane from crashing into an open-air mine in the sleepy Russian town of Myrny. That, my friend, is where we are right now. These events have served as the catalyst for things to come. All these scattered tales of intrigue, violence, and eldritch power are akin to trains on separate rails going towards their individual destinations. Sometimes their tracks might converge, sometimes they might not. But in the end, who's to say what happens? After all, this tale isn't finished yet. We've still got a long way to go until the story's done. Oh, you want to know why? That's not important, friend. What is important is what comes next. I've been keeping a close eye on what's happening. And you know that trade metaphor? Well, two of those trains are about to converge in a quiet Russian city. Stay with me. Let's see how this pans out. After all, it wouldn't be a play without an audience. <laughs>